This one's going to be interesting. This one's going to be interesting. Hey, Code Keepers, we got some folk who are doing some real N-word-ish stuff out there, and we got to bring that to an end. In addition, it seems to me that when we have people who stand up in the forefront and they're ready to put in some work, we always got something slick to say. So on this combination episode of Get On Code and Precise Thinking, we're going to deal with that, right? We're going to deal with that uh, that super N-word problem, all right? Like I said, like the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, do for self or suffer the consequences. How the hell do you make the CIA boy the hero when we know what the history has been between the CIA and Africa? Only when the father makes his trans uh, makes his transition to the ancestral realm of the Agungun does the son truly become a man. All right, welcome to Get On Code, the Fly Guy Show, which is a series of melanated conversations focused on empowerment, health, wealth, and knowledge of self. People think in binary choices because they are conditioned to. And on the wall was a picture of a wolf and a lion. I think the wolf was the Democratic Party, the lion was the Republicans. But the drug trade and all these illegal stuff that uh, people do, that's still economics. It's just that they couldn't do it in a traditional system. We're talking about melanated wealth. So we can build wealth, but we just, for some reason, don't seem to be able to transfer it. You had a great experience. Fine. That means nothing. What were you told as a child about education? You had to be how many times better? Every impression without an expression becomes depression. Word up. We're dealing with that super N-word problem. And we're also dead in that N-word stuff. And look, y'all can cuss. I just don't. <laughs> You know, talk your shit. I'm, I'm just not going to, all right? <laughs> Yo, we have on the foundation, the fit goddess. What's up, queen? Peace, brother. Yeah, I got my 1911 brother from another mother. That nuke brother, that kappa, my good brother, Tahid. What's up, bro? Peace, 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 peace. Yes, sir. And also, doing the precise thinking thing is the good brother, Minister Zumbi Shawala. What's up, bro? Peace. Good stuff. Hey, look, Zumbi, this was your idea, man. Uh, you mm. said that you wanted to talk about the super N-word problem. <laughs> mm. Well, let's shout out some of the folk who are in here. So, uh, okay, Unoccupied Turtle Island. That's right. Get the colonizers out of here. Peace and prosperity, mm. royal tribe. Hey, we love y'all. Get on code. A cosmic chaos. Oh, that's dope. Cosmic Chaos. Doesn't that sound like a DJ name from like the uh, the 90s? Mm. Introducing Cosmic Chaos. 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 Clue, 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 clue. All right, we got Atorius the Great in the house. Yeah, we got OG in the house. We have Nap in the house. Ashley Eason is in the house. So we want to say peace to the family. Minister Zumbi, man, take it away. Where are we going to go, bro? The super N-word problem. When I first heard that, I was kind of thrown. I was like, Who's the super N-word? <laughs> well, it, it really started from our last broadcast when we were exploring uh, the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King. And 
there seems to be a tendency to want to explore uh, or or explore more of the shortcomings or the personal foibles of Dr. King. And for me, it reminded me of a lecture I was watching with Dr. Amos Wilson, where he says we suffer from uh, a disease in regards to black leadership called superendism, where we expect perfection from imperfect people, that if there is one flaw or something that is less than perfect, it's thrown out the window or the proverbial baby with the bathwater goes. And I also remember uh, something Brother Steve Coakley used to teach us. And he says, the one thing that unifies the entire human race is a propensity for error. In other words, no one, and, and this is without exception, no one is infallible. And so I, I have to ask myself, do we have a very uh, immature and juvenile approach um, in regards to black leadership, regardless of where it is or uh, what level it's on? That's interesting because in our last conversation, yeah, like you were saying, we were dealing with the ancestor, the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And, uh, Yo, so one of the brothers popped in and was like, are we going to talk about the fact that he was running in a hotel chasing white women and he was uh, bed ball naked? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we going to talk about some dude running around naked? I'm not. You mm. know, you know, you were saying that the white girls were running around naked. I might talk about that. But the fact that uh, Dr. King was... <laughs> Possibly running naked, you know, chasing some white chicks. That's not something, you know, that that's not one of the issues when we deal with the thinker, the strategist, mm -hmm. and the stra strategy that was employed by Dr. King and some of the others in his group. And I find that, you know, once we get conscious or we get involved with conscious thought, we mm -hmm. want to tear everybody down. Mm -hmm. We want to tear everybody down. And I have to admit, I went through the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, you know, when I first started getting conscious back in the 80s, I was like, yeah, Dr. King was a punk. You know, Malcolm X was the real G. And then I was like, Malcolm X was, you know, he was misguided. You know, uh, Noble Drew Ali was the real G. And then I was like, uh, you know, I was going through all these different phases where I put down people who had done more than I had for our people. And I thought I was doing something grandiose. I thought I was conscious. I was, I was, you know, woke before woke. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I've coined a phrase, and you can quote me on this one. I, I call that the Hotep Heckler period. Okay. <laughs> and and it seems like some of us have not graduated from that period because some of us have made careers out of being Hotep hecklers particularly when it comes to analyzing uh, our, our heroes and sheroes throughout history, whether it be, you know, here in the Americas, the Caribbean, Latin America, on the African continent. And I think we, the way we look at people, you know, I, I always take this approach, treat everyone like a Chinese buffet, take the best, leave the rest. 
And we must always look at these individuals within the context of the era in which they had to operate. So I like the way you broke that down. Uh, Y'all said some dope stuff, right? Um, Seiko, you said at the beginning you start you started tearing everybody down, and that's that's really the beginning of awakening because we have to destroy to rebuild, right? But like the brother said, a lot of us don't get past that period. We're stuck in that negative mindset, but that's because that's how we've been conditioned. Like we've already been conditioned to hate ourselves, so we stay in a cycle of self-hate and it's like the first thing we got to go to when we're like oh you know what i know better than everybody <laughs> it's a it's a weird place to go to um but to change it it's, it's all in the mindset we have to love ourselves enough to be like oh dr king was a man right so he may have done things like men do but look at the overall of what he did Right. You can't he can't be there's no there's no negative without positive. There's no joy without pain. There's duality in life. So the fact that we only focus on the negativity is, like I said, we're stuck in a in a mindset. So we got to change our mindset. That's intriguing. So, uh, Minister Zumba, you call it the hotel what stage? The Hotep Heckler stage. <laughs> the Hotep Heckler. Yeah. Yeah, because you know what? You're right, uh, Fit Goddess. We we do need to build and destroy. You know, going back to the God body lessons, we have to build and destroy. But a lot of us kind of enjoy the destruction. Because we've been destroyed. Think about all the negative things that were said to us. And we were conditioned to take that and be like, oh, that is who we are. So now when given a chance, for example, y'all talk about um, in history in enslavement, they used to sell us by the dozen. Later that becomes the dozens, right? That is the perpetuation of the dozens. Now we're talking about the negativity of the negativity that started. It's, it's, we're just conditioning ourselves to be reconditioned to do the same thing over and over again and call it something different. Teach. Teach. What's a, what's another example? Because that's that's intriguing. Um. Okay. Oh, you got me off guard on that one. I got to think a little bit now, because the dozens is my is that's my my go to. Because everybody gets it. <laughs> everybody knows that one. Everybody's like, oh well, your mom was so black and da 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 da. Everybody knows that, but then some people break it down. You know, we're like, okay, well that came from if we were all degraded. Right. And we've got 12 of us. We'll sell you by the dozen. But they still talking about all 12 of them. And it's again back to the self-hate. Right. We're comfortable speaking negatively about ourselves. And I can speak negatively about you because I already speak negatively about myself. The difference is when I don't speak negatively about myself, I can't speak negatively about you because like I told you all last time I was on the show, I see my sons. I see my my brothers. I see my cousins. You know what I mean? I see grown versions of my two sons in you gentlemen. Doesn't even matter if you look like them or not. You know, I look at you and see what they will grow up or what they could grow up to become just from looking at the world. So how can I hate you or therefore myself if I have to turn to that young man and say, you can be anything you want to be? 
But guess what? I won't say if I hate myself. I will not tell him. I will not tell my sons they can be anything they want to be. I will call them names. Why? Because mindset. Mm. So does that go along with what Dr. Amos Wilson taught us? Hmm. Which point? Everything that you just said. I'm wondering, Zumbi, does that go along with what Dr. Amos told us? Uh, very, very much so. Uh, while, while she was speaking, uh, I, I always go back to uh, what is taught in the Torah, Bible, and Quran about mm. speaking things into existence. In the Torah, it you know it is said, uh, and God said, "Let there be," and it was uh, right. in the in Jill, or the good news or the gospel, New Testament. Uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was word God, was no word was with God. And the word became flesh. Right. Well, the word, then the word was God and the word was good. Okay. And so in the Quran, Allah says, kun fayakun, be and it is. Mm -hmm. And so when you're talking about, oh, and then the last thing, uh, something from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, who said, words make people. Okay. Right. So in regard, in, you know, in essence to what Dr. Wilson was talking about, this whole super inism thing. Um, if whoever we see or whoever we uh, put up, you know, put on this pedestal, if, if it's not pristine, if it's not perfect, then we come with the very venomous, uh, poisonous language in order to tear that individual down because we expect perfection from imperfect beings. All right. So when Cosmic Chaos says truth is like rain, it cares not who it hits. If King had a weak moment, let it be known. Uh, I, I, so I how, how do we respond to that? You know, because I mean, because the thing could the thing could be yeah, that's that's what really happens. We got to let everybody know the truth. Okay. Or here, or, here's my whole thing with that. Many of us are so juvenile and immature that we won't look at the totality of a person. Uh, both positive and negative, because we seem to gravitate towards one side or the other and not have a very uh, balanced look at the individual. Okay. We can see Malcolm's, we've saw Malcolm's negative and we see Malcolm's positive. All right. Okay. With, you know, so with King, you know, whatever, like I said, whatever shortcomings King had, you know, how do we weigh that versus the courage and the commitment he had towards uh, doing what he believed based on principle? Okay. So, 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 so it's kind of like, you know, being able to look at an individual in a more, in a mature and a balanced way. And, and not get into the whole tabloid sensationalism aspects of it. I mean, 
remember when Ralph Abernathy wrote his memoir and out of that whole 345 pages, one page where he talked about his best friend's shortcomings. Mm -hmm. The elder needed security for the rest of the book tour to protect him at book signings because somebody might bring harm to him. Okay. I, you know what? I, I think we do this more even to our community leaders. So, mm -hmm. you know, okay. So, you know, we got this report, FBI report. Uh, so what? <laughs> I mean, that's something I would say would be between, you know, Dr. King and his family. The fact that I'm even showing it, I'm showing it to illustrate that some people really go for the salacious stuff, right. thinking, thinking that they're doing the work of truth telling. Mm -hmm. So am I wrong or is cosmic chaos wrong? What do you think, Tahid? What do you think, bro? You've been kind of quiet. So I'm listening to the conversation and I think about how the society that we live in currently is, is, is everything is always, is always about perfection and, and getting better. I think about when I used to have a beeper and then my first cell phone and now the the iphone that i have like the, the technology and always trying to have the breaking news and and, and trying to break the story it's like it's it centered it centers around the negativity right because that's what people want to hear that's what people want to see um I, I teach high school so i'm, I'm constantly getting phones shoved in my face Mr. Copeland, you see this fight, blah, 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 blah. Look who's just fought. Uh, look what just happened. Like, it, it's always about the, the most shocking negative thing that can that can happen and, and who can tell it first, right? And the cycle of it lasts for probably maybe about when it comes to, like, this, this whole thing with Dr. King that came out. Like, how long do we think that's going to – people are going to pay attention to it until – uh, Kanye West says something crazy again. Like it's it's always about the next negative crazy thing to happen. So for me, when I when I hear it, it is, and then again we we measure it based on we're not measuring it based on somebody's total body of work. Is 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 based on you know you know bits and pieces of information, and we turned it into the 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 whole story of the person and i don't know how we how do we get around it and and this generation with was with, with this type of technology everybody has a supercomputer and and everybody has access to the information and your your reality becomes becomes not your research but it becomes you know sound bites and bits and pieces of information and that's your reality you know, Cosmic Chaos is stating that we should do it to show others with weak moments that they too can be great. That's an interesting concept, but I would really think that that would be something that Dr. King would show, using Dr. King as an example. His level of transparency to say, hey, I, I did some stuff that I may not necessarily be proud of, but look at everything else I did, versus whenever we start celebrating somebody for some accomplishments. You see what they did? You don't know. 
You ain't woke. Y'all need to wake up. He also did this. So, so, so I, and I'm not saying that cosmic chaos it, it, is what it is. His theory could be right, brother. His theory could be right if you're saying he changes it. Like the way he said. If he's saying, okay, um, King did this, but so we still we still support him in that because of his entire body of work. We don't we dismiss the um what does the Bible say? Love the the sinner, not the sin. If we as a people were coming across like that, that might make a difference, but that's not how we come across. We come across like you say, oh man, look at this vile, evil person who did this thing. Now what the good that he did doesn't matter. And, and Dr. King is just one example. We did the same thing with uh, Dr. York. Right. All right. And I, of course, mm -hmm. I don't have all the details. <laughs> you know, if Dr. York was really with some little girls, that's something different. But Dr. York, Elijah Muhammad. There's there's a case on Dr. every black man. Bill Cosby, <laughs> Prince. Uh, James Brown, like there's there's not one black man in history that has not done something so incredulous that their whole catalog of whatever they have done has not been discredited. Like that's the whole is again take it back to slavery. It's buck breaking. I if I can't crucify and kill you in front of your wife and kids in the same way that I could back in slavery, then I'll do it on social media or in the street. You know. Freddie Gray. There's no difference. Now we're just allowing ourselves to be part of the castration of black men. Now we're joining the party and teaming up with the the enemy to crucify ourselves. Look at what this black man did. Who is who is out there saying, "Yo, look at what this black man did in a good way." We have gone too long with others telling half stories. All the truth, please. That's what adults need. Now, actually, I really rock with this this comment from Cosmic Chaos. And hey, salute to Cosmic Chaos and everyone else who's leaving comments. You're adding to the conversation. We love you. We appreciate you. Shalom. Um, but I do think that was one of the things that really attracted me in the late 80s when I first started dealing with consciousness. I was like, I didn't get the whole story. And I was upset that I didn't get the whole story. So I was upset with the church. <laughs> I was upset with my parents. I was upset with the school system. All of them was on some F stuff. You know, I, everybody was wrong. Everybody was bad. I guess I was in my hotel heckler stage. I, I love that term. Zumbi, you got the best terms, man. I was in my hotel heckler stage. And I tell you what, when I was building with the gods and the earths, that's a lot of what we did. We did a lot more destroying than building. Right. And one of the things that caught me and really bothers me today is with all the building, you know, using the term building that we did, we don't have no buildings. Right. Well, I, I'm sorry. I'm lying if I say that. I'm lying if I say that. We have buildings, but we should have had a lot more buildings with all the building that we did. Do you know what I'm saying? We yeah, restart every 20, 30 years. 
you know, I, I, I think also it's, it's one thing to say that you want all the truth. Okay. You can't but handle the, the truth. But now, the, but now the question becomes, okay. I couldn't could help it. I'm sorry, we, bro. Okay. If we give you this truth, depending on what your level of maturity is, what do you do with it? Is the question. Okay. Do you treat this truth and then you, you go tabloid with it? Or do you take the truth and say, okay, now that I've gotten, now that I've looked at the individual in his or her totality, how do I perceive this individual? You know, what can I extract that I can incorporate into my own life, be it personal, professional, or both? So, so I think that's where things get lost is what do we do with it based on our level of maturity once we get it? You know, it's almost like, okay, once you find out that there's no Santa Claus, now what? That's the question. And it's based on the level of maturity we have when that truth gets revealed to us and how it's revealed to us. Mm. Okay. So, I, yeah. I, you just made me want to go off on a small tangent. Tahid, I know you have young kids, man. How do y'all handle Christmas? So I'm I'm usually forced to celebrate Christmas uh, <laughs> every every year. Uh, I mean it's it's the reality that I live in because um I think about when I first started learning the truth or you know, like Dick Gregory said, when I first put the magic glasses on and it's like you can't take them off once you put them on. And I was angry at first. I was very angry and upset. But as time went on, I, I started learning how to, you know, use the the information and knowledge that I that I gained to help particularly my students and the people around me um, gain more consciousness. So when it comes to Christmas, um, my children understand that we're buying all the gifts. I mean, we, 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 my wife, she loves the pageantry of, you know, Christmas trees and, and, and matching pajamas and all of that stuff. But, you know, I, during that time, I make sure she understands that, Hey, these matching pajamas are good, but I also want matching mindsets, right? When we, when we trying to talk about raising these kids. So at the end of the day, my kids understand and i teach them the history you know yeah we might do christmas but the next day after that we still celebrate kwanzaa and they understand you know and i tell them the history about kwanzaa and 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 the, and the creator of kwanzaa and his history as well but at the end of the day i, I they know everything and it makes them more emotionally mature that when I when I let them know everything and give them the choice to decide, you know, how they want to guide their path. You know, we, we start to move now that they have Juneteenth and everybody gets to be off. You know, we, we're not going to do 4th <laughs> of July anymore. Right. You know, mm. the big, 
I've been I've been preaching this for for years. Mm-hmm. F fourth of July, let's do June thirteenth. No, nobody listened, but now all of a sudden you're off from work. Oh yeah, now we can do it, right? You, so it's, it's we used to it's call it Fourth of July. Yeah, it's a <laughs> the it's Fourth a of July. <laughs> it's a constant struggle with me because my wife is very conservative Christian, and I'm none of that. So it's 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 a constant challenge to to keep balance and. and and, and how we expose our kids and, and how we educate the kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unoccupied Turtle Island. I love that. Unoccupied Turtle Island. Get the colonizers, colonizers out of here. It's saying transparency is definitely the key. Um, yo, Crumb TV's in the spot. What up, Crumb? Yo, Crumb, tap on in, man. Come on in, bro. Come on in, King. King come on in, King. Um, so, Fit Goddess. You got these beautiful young boys you're raising. What's Santa Claus time look yeah. like for you? <laughs> All right. So uh, like the brother said, I'm different. Um, for my own personal, I still enjoy, like I still have my Christmas decorations up. But when the kids were really, really little, we didn't call it Christmas. Um, our thought process was to reframe the same things because when they go out into the world i didn't want them to feel like they were lacking or missing something because the world will often make you feel like that uh so we did a lot of the similar things but we called it something different um my oldest i was very tough on him (laughs) there is no santa like there's no point like why am i going to lie to you i give you the gifts let's have a conversation you learn to talk to me instead of talking to some fictitious being that is not going to respond to you or give you anything. I want you to have open communication with the person who's actually doing the thing and understand that I'm doing the thing for you. And it is a, you know, a situation. Now, granted, we didn't get into that conversation until maybe six. I remember he came home and he was like, I, uh, I think I want to believe in Santa. I said, okay, you have fun with that. Like, that's cool. Like, but don't, if you want Santa to get you gifts, we'll see what happens. Cause I am not Santa. Uh, and he's like, ah, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe I won't do that. Um, but with the six year old, you know, he kind of, he kind of gravitates to it. I don't mind it. I don't bust this bubble. He knows um, that when I write a list, I write it to mom in hopes that I will have consistent good behavior and she'll get me some of the things that I want and the things that she was going to get me anyway, because we used to call it children's day. We are celebrating the children, even as adults, right? We have our child side. So we give gifts to all of the children, including the adult children. Yeah. I want to welcome to the platform, the owner of the platform, the good brother crumb TV. Yo, welcome you on your platform. Crumb TV, and we also welcome you on our Black Empowerment. How you doing, good brother? Peace. Yeah, yeah. This is your show, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm the humble. <laughs> I'm your humble brother, the master student. You the teacher. Yeah. Ah, so we got a couple of comments I want to tap into. Why just one day instead of every day? We're gonna have to answer that question. Uh, yo, well, Mystic like- Philly says peace. Crumb. <laughs> July Fourth is really about the conception of the Christ. Ooh. Yo, Crumb, you might have to go in on that one. <laughs> They're not going to like my answer. Peace, Crumb, and all. Um, 
so Kwame, we're talking about the super N-word problem. You know, a lot of times we put our people up on pedestals, particularly our leaders. And if they do some F stuff, you know, if they do anything that we might deem unfavorable, we want to totally demean them and tear them down. And Fit Goddess has proposed that's because we're doing the same thing that was done to us. So I guess there's some epigenetics there where we've just internalized some self-hate and it's in our genes and we just can't help but act on it. Is that, I mean, that's kind of what you, but you know, Crumb, man, I, I kind of want to hear what you have to say, brother. So that's what we're dealing with tonight, the super N-word problem. And then later on, we're going to get with deading the N-word stuff that's become part of our culture. Um, your thoughts, good brother. Uh Absolutely, I, I'll, oh, absolutely, I would, I would love to add value, but I heard the sister talking about um, Christmas. Uh, I thought, I, I, I guess I, I just was confused because I was prepared to say something about that, but I didn't want to go off topic. We're not talk. Uh, how, how do we get on Christmas? It was part of the conversation, bro. It was part of the conversation. But I mean, bring that in. Bring that in. What, what's your uh, measure on Christmas? Well, I. I told my kid, you know, I I was with Fit Goddess. Maybe it was my ego, but I, I didn't want to share the glory. I bought those toys. Stop playing with me. <laughs> Bro, like this is hard work and effort on my part to do a thing and and to uphold a tradition that doesn't really satisfy us. But I'm trying to create a a, a childhood, not a fallacy, but a childhood experience. For your pleasure. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, give me my credit. Just, you know, hey, it's cool. I think the funny thing about that is that um, I told my kids, I was like, hey, I'm about to ruin your childhood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> childhood ruined. <laughs> so I told them, no, so, wow. you know, and they, they were kind of indifferent, I guess, as long as they got the toys, I suppose. Uh, so guess what these uh, jokers start doing? <laughs> oh, God. All right. They start going to their friend. I, bro, don't do that. <laughs> no. Oh, that was going to be my question. That was <laughs> always gift, my question. Giving. Like, no, don't. <laughs> I yield the floor. That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. My <laughs> oldest crushed my friend's dreams. Now, she, we had kids at the same time, but uh, her children were older. Now, it was just the adults and my son. But when your children are emotionally intelligent, they speak very well. And, you know, adults can feel that little angst like, oh, my God. She said, well, are you are you ready for Santa? He's like, Santa doesn't exist. She was like, oh, my God. <laughs> she was like, she came to me afterwards and she was like, yo, I don't mean to be rude, but tell your son to chill because he hurt my feelings. And he can't go busting people's dreams like that. I was like, oh, my right. bad. I, I, Thank you. I will make sure that he know that we can't go around telling other people what they believe isn't true. That's not our place. That's not our place. Let them believe what they want to believe because what you don't want them to do is turn that on you and say what you believe ain't true. So you're well, right, that, kid. Shh, don't relax. That brings us yeah. back to the super N-word problem. Hmm. Right. Because we're telling people, hey, we're exposing information. And the person we're exposing the information to is now saying, hey, did you know 
that this person was fallible. They made mistakes. So I'm throwing out everything you just said about them. So if we're telling our children, you know, you got to be careful so you may not hurt somebody. What do we tell people when we give them science, when we give them knowledge, when we give them information? Same thing I tell my children. Go research it yourself. Don't listen to just me. I'm infallible. You know what I'm saying? I'm infallible. You know, my I'm human. That person's human. Well, let's let's look at it this way, okay? Um, I'm in I'm in the midst of reading a book called The FBI's War on Tupac Shakur. Okay. And I'm going through this chapter about Afini Shakur and how Afini got hooked on crack cocaine, where the government used an associate from Nikki Barnes Council to get close to Afini and then eventually introduce her to crack cocaine. Now, do we throw out Afini Shakur and all of her work being a part of the Panther 21 and being one of the strongest in the New York City chapter of the Black Panther Party? And the same thing with Huey Newton. Do we throw out Adam Clayton? You know, we I'm, throw I'm just, out old people. Yeah, that's, <laughs> we throw out everybody. We throw out everybody. Elders. We 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 throw out everybody. No, like the whole everybody. The whole entire world goes in the trash. If that's the logic, because again, the Bible that people say they follow, uh, Jesus said, "What uh, to who he who has never sinned, let him cast the first stone." Amen. What we say now is what uh, don't stand in a glass house and throw rocks. But that's what we're doing. So I ain't no houses. Like you said, we, we didn't, didn't destroy everything because we out here throwing rocks through windows. So when we say things like, if the truth kills them, let them die, like the good brother Napa said, are we off code? Or are we on code? And I think, I think that's the crux of the matter. But if the truth that- hurts, let it hurt. What's the name? Usher said, let it burn. Hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm fitness. I say, I, I say, feel the burn. What's wrong with, with a little bit of pain? Come on. Well, here's my thing. Okay. Truth is just is. Okay. The pain comes with how do we interpret it? And that goes back to where mm-hmm. I talk about the maturity of how we receive truth. Okay. And I guess I have to also ask this question. Uh, about truth versus reality. Okay. So we tell the truth about person X. All right. Person X had a shortcoming somewhere. Okay. And this person happens to be in a position of leadership in a community or on a large scale. Okay. How do we balance that? And that's why I said that's where the personal maturity comes in. Okay, if we're just going to sit up here and tell truth recklessly and and tell it with malicious intent, and see, that's the other thing. See, I, I guess I'm I'm saying when we get into this whole truth thing, I'm not saying don't tell it. I'm just saying be wise in how you put things out. Okay. All right. So so that brings us to what? Oh, go ahead, Chrome. Go ahead, Chrome. Well, they say you don't really get into learning until you get into higher learning, and that college don't let you in unless you pay them. They not they not giving no information for free. Intriguing. 
All right, so Cosmic, Cosmic Chaos says, saying, so now we choose which topics to be truthful about? No, we're not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that when you start going into this whole truth thing, okay, or what is the intent behind you telling this truth? Is it to illustrate? Is it to be malicious and be salacious and tabloidish? See, that, that's the whole thing. It's like everybody wants to tell truth, but nobody wants to bear the burden or responsibility with being a truth teller. Go ahead, Crump. My apologies. I, I was going to say to the minister's point, it's not secret. It's sacred. You know, there's a rite of passage that you have to go through to be privileged or privy, you know, we we say casually when faced with particular oppositions on the job is that's above my pay grade. And, and we understand, you know, certain information. We're not privy to that. Uh, you know, you, you've got to go through a rite. You've got to go through a ritual. You have to go through uh trial by fire and, you know, to get to the next level. Respectfully. Do we have to now in the internet age, in the YouTube age? I think that's where the recklessness comes in to, uh, to, to Crumb's point. I, that's where I say the responsibility comes in because what the internet has done, it's basically eliminated uh, having to earn the right to, to be that truth teller. Okay. And understanding the burden of responsibility that comes with that position, if you will. All right, so let's respond to a couple of the uh, master students, some of the code keepers who are popping in. You know what, Zumbi, we got to figure out uh, a term for your followers, man, for your for your folk. <laughs> you know, Crumb got the master students. I got the code keepers. You, you got to come up with something, bro. Um, okay. So OG says there's no truth until one decides what truth is. Who wants to respond to that? Hmm. I think that's an OG statement for real, for real. Because that's like saying, you know, that old saying that uh, whoever wins the fight tells the story, tells the tale. Hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it's yeah. whoever wins yeah. is the is the, is the person that tells the story. Right. So yeah. if the Americans win the award, you know, if we win, if we destroy you know, Korea. We we describe it as a heroic act to liberate people and to and crush, you know, the evil forces. Mm -hmm. But what did the Koreans say? Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Crown. What do you think, man? I wanted to respectfully disagree with that. Um, if I had to bring a proverb to what OG is saying. I would best characterize that with the proverb that goes, uh, it says, uh, when the student is ready, the teacher, the teacher will, appear. will appear. There is no truth until one's decide what truth is. When the student is ready, the teacher will, I think that proverb, you know, yours is, is adequate, not saying it's wrong. Uh, forgive me for being so uh, brash about it. But yeah, I, I think mine, 
you know, it may have fit what he was saying a little bit better. Maybe not. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, that's intriguing. What do you say, Fit Goddess? Truthfully, Truthfully, I only heard half of it, right? Because there's a heavy text battle going on over here. <laughs> All right. All right. Be gone, girl. No, but listen, 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 though. So seriously, though, I do I do mainly support the, the teacher philosophy. Like I just said that about my own business coach. Um, I feel like I've elevated myself to the mindset of the truth of myself. Right. Because, again, my whole thing is always self. If we see ourselves away, it's much easier to see a way for ourselves, right? Sankofa, we got to be able to know ourselves in order to navigate the world going forward. So that means, like, I agree with Brother Crump. If I am ready for said knowledge, said truth, no matter how painful, the teacher will then appear to give me what I want, whether I like it or not. All right. I, I can't disagree with that characterization because I love that that piece of knowledge. That's definitely how karma works. You know, and when I say karma, I'm not talking about the law of karma. If you do one good thing, you get three things back. Or if you do some evil is coming back on you. Karma also says that when you sow and invest in something, once you're ready to receive the investment, the, the investment comes to you. So I, I agree with that. Um Unoccupied Turtle Island says one person's truth may not be another's truth. What say you? That goes without saying. I mean, I mean we're, we're individuals. Is... What's true for me is not going to be true for you. Just like what you eat don't make me. Mm. I don't know. I don't agree with that. What do you say, Cron? I don't agree with it either. The facts are stubborn things. You know, people try to make <laughs> these things so subjective. You know, uh, I say, you know, something simple. Uh, the sun is yellow. Well, in my world, it's purple because that's my truth. All right. Well, you know okay. <laughs> I feel you, brother. But now, see, now you're talking about laws. Laws and truths are two different things. Certain things yeah. are, are inequivocal. You know what I'm saying? What goes up must come down. That is a law. It's gravity. <laughs> but um, it may be true to me that I've never experienced a intimate, good, powerful relationship with a black man. That doesn't mean that one cannot exist, right? Those two truths can be the well, same. Well, since you opened that door, I'm going to walk through it. How old are okay. you? 36. 36. The chances that that's the truth is just as possible as the chances of getting struck by lightning. Well, explain what you mean. The, because if I'm saying that to this time period in my life, I haven't experienced a good, and this is just an example, right? Not saying that it's true or false, but if I haven't experienced a good relationship, right? You're well, saying no, it's false. Wait, wait, you're saying a good relationship? Because I think at first you said a good man. No, no, no. I said a good relationship and a good, specifically intimate relationship with okay. a man. Now, that could be a true statement, but that doesn't mean that the other true statement means I will never. Right. Because that's a, our people get up in that well, a lot. 
what well, is is not what will be or what can be. Well, since you opened that door, I'm gonna walk through that one too. Okay. Uh, do you have a associate's degree or higher? Yes. Right. So, uh, women over the age of 33 with a with an associate's degree of higher, uh, their chances and possibilities of having it's an emotional lower. Oh yeah, trust me. I did the research when I was a kid. I know that everything I designed myself to be says that my pool, my dating pool has gone from like vast to here if I only want black men. But that doesn't mean that I won't ever well, find one. Well, well, not that you only want black men, but remember black men have the lowest standards. What the black man will accept from you, the Asian man won't. Hmm. The well, yeah, Arabian you know, man the black won't. So, you know, the black man, the black man has been made to be this. So I understand what you're saying. Like, so, even even with black men, we're the lowest like they they don't want to accept a lot of things from us because of mentality. Well, well yeah, the feminist movement is a B.I.T. So, you know, we understand that you've got a snowball chance in hell. Not saying that. Uh, no, drastic, I got you. But, you know, you. the likelihood of you finding love now. Eh, you may probably get hit by lightning first or hit the lottery at this point at, at that particular time frame. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Oh, and throw in, I got two kids. You know what I'm saying? That just makes it even lower. Right. Right. Because when men, when, when men get married, they get married because of legacy. When he, when he mm -hmm. finally decides he wants to get married, like, you know, what? I want a family. So he can't have a legacy with you because when he has a child with you, you know, even though 90% of your eggs are gone by age 30, when he has a child with you, he can't just buy his child pizza. He can't just invest in his legacy. He got to invest in another man's orgasm as well. Hmm. <laughs> okay, crumb going Kevin Samuels. Salute that. <laughs> the right, manosphere no, is live. Like, the manosphere is live. <laughs> okay. Um, Ooh, that was hilarious. Hmm. I mean, but it. I mean, but so that's truth. Is that Chrome's truth? Right. See what I'm saying? Because a lesser woman would feel a way because it is a truth, but to whom? It is an understanding that I can entertain, but I don't necessarily have to agree with. The, the truth is you can make money working a job from nine to five, as well as you can make money playing the lottery. Both of those are true. Right. So when we deal with truth, it becomes a slippery slope. Yeah, it's true. You can play the lottery. But if you do play the lottery, you're a degenerate. You're a degenerate game. Until, 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 until can't, you win the lottery, then you don't I can't lose. respect that truth. I can't respect. Yeah, until you win the lottery. But, you know, until you win the lottery, I cannot respect your truth. Your truth is, is, is cockamamie. It's delusion. Go get a job. <laughs> I mean, I guess you, brother Crumb, y'all. <laughs> brother Crumb, y'all. Oh snap! Oh snap! Um, so let's bring this back to the super yeah. n-word problem. Mm. So, Minister Zumbi, yeah, you're the theological. I'm sorry, theological. That's not even right. You're the theologian in the room, bro. How mm. does this all relate to the super n-word problem that Dr. Amos talked about? Well, um, and I'm going to read something here from Dr. Naeem Akbar's book, New Visions for Black Men. Okay. 
And it's a piece that uh, in, in the book where he talks about excellence versus perfection. And the chapter deals with five individuals that he examines uh, in regards to black excellence. Okay. So I'm just going to start here. Um, this definition of black manhood would be a collage of unquestionable models of black men. He's talking about the five men that he's uh, analyzing. These images are not perfect, but they are excellent. They all had their flaws, limitations, and not one of them had all of the answers for all of the problems confronting black men. Uh, I suggest that these are the kind of images that we need to attend to because they all have traits of excellence that will ensure Black survival and growth. The rule that should guide our study of these examples of Black men should be primarily concerned about the excellent aspects, ideas, and qualities worthy of our imitation if we want to become Black men. We should not waste a lot of time trying to identify their imperfections. We assume that they are not perfect, as no mortal man of excellence will be. A serious problem that we too often encounter in our journey to manhood is to give up the effort when we find flaws or some limited form of imperfection. One weakness in our effort to grow as men is this unnatural dichotomy or separation in our thinking that uses an either or measure of our models for manhood. In this kind of thinking, either the model is godlike, i.e. perfect, or he's disqualified from consideration. But isn't that the model though? Uh, how the society is set up, it's, it's, it's all about looking and being perceived as the most perfect version of yourself when you go on an interview when you when you meet a new person when pretty much every aspect of your life is you're judged or based on how close to perfect you are and when you show any sign of weakness or any flaw you automatically are discredited like it, it pisses me off when i hear people talk about dr king or, or malcolm x or any other any other of our ancestors and, and, and focus on these pieces of, of their character that when we look at the totality of it, pale in comparison to, to their achievements. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, when we're talking about truth, your truth is, is based on your education, your experiences and your environment. That's what determines your reality and your truth. And that is different for pretty much I mean, we can have we have, we can agree on general things, but when we get into the specifics, when we get into the nuances of of a person's character, it's going to be different, and my truth is going to be different from yours in, in certain in certain areas, in certain aspects, in certain arenas. But when we're talking about, I think a community as a whole, particularly people with permanent suntans, I think we can all generally agree, right? that you know being a, a a good black man like we're we're one of the most hated people on the planet and and trying to uh portray a positive image is a very challenging thing and the advent of social media and 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 supercomputers 
it, it makes it that much more harder to do that. And um, because it's so quick, it's so easy to Google and find a flaw. All right. Cosmic Chaos says, am I disrespectful to question leaders, ideology and true conviction? They may have been incorrect. Is that what's happening or are we doing WWE? What do you say, Kron? Um, <clears throat> I really hate to make it personal, so I don't want to say that cosmic chaos is disrespectful, you know, but that's just the way the, the question was uh, stated. I, I do want to say it is generally, I would say, disrespectful. And, and, and I'm going to go with uh, Martin Luther King on this one. <clears throat> As of recently, the uh, feminist woke movement, the feminazis or uh, the Me Too movement or one of them, they said that we should cancel Martin Luther King because he cheated on Coretta. Anybody heard about that? Should I pull something up for, you know, to reference that? You know what? Yeah, let's bring the truth to the table. <laughs> <laughs> Because okay. you know me, I'm like, what? What does she look like? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that was bad. So you know what? Yeah, bring it, bring it up, man. Bring it up, bro. But the, so the fact that others who are not on code are trying to destroy those who have put us on the code-like direction says a lot. You're muted, bro. Uh, you call them feminazis. That's something I heard Rush Limbaugh say. That's interesting. That's interesting. Have you heard about that, Fit Goddess? Is, is that what the sisters are talking about? Were they talking about that right. on King's birthday? Listen, I don't... All the sisters that I talk to love brothers. You know what I'm saying? Even, even we understand um, our history. You know what I'm saying? So everybody got a problem. Everybody got a story. All the sisters I know stand by their brothers. So I don't I don't know who these sisters are that you speak of that talk ill of the king, but I don't know. All right, Queen Mrs. La Latina Jordan Tide. Uh yo, Latina, are you from P Town? <laughs> let me know. Hey Latina uh, Jordan Tide, let me know if you're from P Town, you know, Portsmouth, Virginia. I think I know you. Um She's saying that she got no notification either. So, Crumb, did you get that beautiful bean footage yet? Yeah. Um, I, I I wasn't saying it was, uh, or maybe I was. I apologize if that was the case. Uh, exclusively black women were saying it. It very well may have could have been white women. I honestly don't know. Um, <clears throat> but uh, ultimately, I couldn't nail the smoking gun. I just heard about it in passing. Maybe on one of these red pill Kevin Samuels uh, esque uh, channels, but uh, NewYorkPost.com says Coretta Scott King had gut feeling Martin Luther King was loyal despite FBI whatever. I'm not. I thought it was supposed to be disloyal. I don't know. Uh, Quora.com was it widely known that Martin Luther King cheated on his dot 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 um, civil rights activist so close to Martin Luther King Jr. Um, he also detailed FBI's wiretaps from 1964, noting that King's wife, Coretta, berated him for not spending enough time alone with her. Uh, did Martin Luther King cheat on his wife? It, it was like this whole to do. If all of these articles are from the same year, I would not be surprised. Well, obviously they're not. But um, just as of recently, 
they've been really making this thing. Um, and I, I assume my apologies, maybe I'm just a little bit uh, shell shocked, but I, I thought it was maybe the um, feminazis or maybe it was some, some other me too movement or whatever. And I could be mistaken, uh, mm. but uh, please forgive me if I uh, misled that. Well, I think it kind of goes directly to the intent of the conversation. And, you know, we've been saying that people are expecting our leaders, our parents, our teachers, our leaders, and the righteousness and victory of our struggle. Uh, people expecting our leaders to be godlike. And when something goes wrong, the coldness, the the motion, the 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 movement actually gets stopped. You know, it's interesting that some of the movements stopped when some of the leaders were killed, but also when they were killed in, in the court of public opinion. Right. So I'm thinking that that's something that, you know, white supremacy, evil patriarchy, <laughs> whatever Ooh. term you want to use, uh, may have been using to stop our movements. Right. But does it happen outside of our experience. I don't know. That that's something I probably need to look into. Uh Donald Trump. He's 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 lost his power. The movement is stopped. Half all the people he backed lost in the midterm primaries. Perfect <laughs> example of this happening outside of our community. It happens because like you said, leaders whoever they are whoever they are supposed to be once the flaws are, are are exposed, the people tend to stop believing. This is the era and the age we live in, and I don't think it's it's, it's necessarily just for black people only. I mean, Donald Trump is a perfect example of of how his power has faded since he's announced he's running for president again. Half the people that backed him, the hump Trumpers, I call them. They they're no longer on the wagon anymore because he's lost he's lost his impact. The hump Trumpers. Yeah, the hump Trumpers. <laughs> the, the people that are part of MAGA world. Mm. You you remember him when he first ran for president? Those those people who would die for him now will will hardly even speak to him or endorse him or even say they're going to support him in the, in his uh, run for presidency. The same exact people that were on his hump from day one. You know, that's uh, I know Crumb right I know Crumb was going to tap in with some with a jewel. I think that's interesting because the conservative party, you know, I'm an independent. So the the Republican Party, if you're hot, they rocking with you until you're cold. You know, we just saw that happen with um Herschel Walker. They they ignored everything that had come out <laughs> you know to, to claim to be the party of morality so everything they came out and we're like we still rocking with him oh he lost get out of here crumb bro you had you had a jewel you wanted to drop right yeah in terms of trump <clears throat> i think the saying goes first they love you then they hate you and they love you again. Trump's coming back. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Trump is about to be indicted. 
for what? Leaving leaving uh government documents in his Corvette with his druggy son? No. Oh, pay, pay I'm sorry, that was Biden. I'm sorry. Trump is, Trump is, gonna, <laughs> Trump is about to be indicted. I'm not gonna say he's gonna go to jail, but he will be indicted soon. Mark my words. And, and the love is gone for Trump, dude. What high-ranking official <clears throat> has ever been indicted and went to jail? Come on. Let's just that's be real about it. That's that. the thing. History is about to be made. Listen to the historian. He's going to be indicted soon. The, never bet against the champ. That's what I was told. It's not a bet. It's just history and paying attention to how history goes. It just The same thing happens over and over and over again. The only thing changes is the date and time. It, it, and it just never happened, it, though. It's, it's about to happen. Now, I want to have a show about it once it happens, and I want you to come back so you can tell me I was right. In this next fight, they're gonna knock Roy Jones. I'm, I'm sorry, not Roy Jones. Uh, Floyd Mayweather out. I was like, stop betting against the champ. No, they're not. Trump Pacquiao's is, gonna get him. Yeah, bad, <laughs> bad analogy. Trump is definitely not the champ. Bad analogy. <laughs> he won. I mean, why he, he won? Until he lost. Until yeah. he lost. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's twice. Not what I'm saying is, Twice? he's not the, he's not yeah, the champ anymore. The, the second oh, yeah, like big loss. Like no, no, no. I'm talking like the nah. second big loss for President Trump was recently when Kevin McCarthy was trying to become the Speaker of the House. And they were like, no, we don't want you. We don't want you. Somebody said, President Trump. And they got one vote. <laughs> what I'm saying is, he's not the he champ. He had to get anymore. 19 votes for that, 19 times. <sighs> He yeah. had to take the girl on 19 dates. No, come on. All right, Kevin Yo, McCarthy. All right, whatever. But, I'm, I'm not yeah, but there. my point is, one of the senators advanced President Trump's name. And President Trump even tweeted about it, you know, an exasperation thing. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they voted, and Trump got one vote. His power is dwindling, and like I said, he'll be indicted soon. Yeah. Well, Hillary. His story, her story, no beef, all love. What we on? Okay, so peace up, goddess. What we're talking about? <laughs> nope. Yep. Uh, what we're talking about tonight is the propensity for people to put leaders on a pedestal, and when they realize that they have human flaws, they demean them, destroy them, and in doing so, slow down, disrupt, or even halt the movements. That were benefiting the people. That's the super N-word problem. That's the that's the super N-word problem. We think they're gonna be super. Oh, they're not super. Oh, it was crazy. Brother, you know what I just I heard you say something, and you said it the whole time. You said um when we realize that they're not as if they weren't in the beginning. So as a fitness trainer, I get this a lot. Um, there is a euphoria that comes from working out from the endorphins. And if you're in a group setting, you normally attach that to the person in front of the room, right? It's just a science. So similar thing, right? The leader makes us feel good. We attach the good feeling to him as if he is doing something above and beyond what we ourselves should be doing for ourselves. But that person was still just a person the whole time. We only elevated the thought of that person. So how did we forget is the better question. How do we forget that the person that we elevated through thought was better than just the person like we were? 
like if you go and be mayor, no, it's got to be the mindset because the endorphins are a natural thing. You're happy. You want to be happy. So you're telling me that you can't be happy about a person and also have control over your mind to realize that that person who was before you elevated the thought, you personally, is still a person, right? Before Malcolm became the good Dr. Reverend King, he was still a scar. Sorry, I mixed them both up, right? Before Martin became... (laughs) It's late, yo. It's way past my bedtime. But, like, before Malcolm, before Dirty Red became Malcolm, he was Dirty Red. Nobody said that Dirty Red was going to be Malcolm. Even when he became Malcolm, he wasn't Malcolm. He was just Malcolm. We made him Malcolm and put his name on T-shirts and started, you know what I'm saying? And then we forgot that we made him Malcolm. So is it Malcolm's fault for being Malcolm? When we knew Malcolm was Malcolm? How we get here? How, How do we get to this point where we're blaming the person for being the person that we were and we chose to make them greater than they thought they were? We made them great. So now I'm confused. No, it's it's a thing called the Messiah complex. Okay. Where Tell them, in, instead of looking for the Messiah in the mirror, we always have to look outside of ourselves for that Messiah, that Mahdi, that uh, Christ. Okay. You know, I was listening to Dr. Clark and he said that he got real been out of shape when somebody says well we need another Malcolm and Dr. Clark's response was what makes you think you deserve another Malcolm when you didn't protect the one that God gave you say that you ain't even protecting yourself okay so if you know so if you say that this person is so great and then another story uh Thich Nhat Hanh who was a Vietnamese Buddhist monk uh, he's an ancestor now, uh, was nominated by King for the Nobel Peace Prize. He did an interview in Oprah's magazine where he says that after King was assassinated, he hated America's guts for so long because he asked the question, how does a nation that produced such a beautiful soul lack the integrity and courage to protect him? Okay. That part. So, so, so I think in this whole dialogue, we have to ask ourselves, okay, if we say that we love person X, but yet we don't do anything to help person X along the way, and then we lose person X, why do you think the universe and the ancestors will bless us with another one? Or even a Ooh, better. It's like model. you talk about money. You talk about money and all, all all good things, right? If you mistreat anything, it's gonna run from you. You mistreat a woman, she out. You mistreat a man, deuces. You mishandle your money, I'm out. Mm-hmm. You know. So so I think hmm. we we really need to, like the sister said, you know, we have to put ourselves in this equation, okay? Because we the people have built i'm not going to say we've built leaders but we've built and i don't i don't think illusion but we've built images of people 
And, you know, I'll, I'll be a little personal. You know, one of the things that I really benefited from walking with Brother Steve Coakley and sitting at his feet is that he allowed us to see what he calls the other side of Coakley. We got to see him away from the camera, the podium, the microphone. And we got to see the human side of him, which made us appreciate him even more because he was transparent with us. One night uh, we were sitting in a Best Western. And the one thing he was telling us about is kind of like what we're talking about now is the whole issue about character and values and leadership. And the one thing he said, I'll never forget, he says, if you choose to serve the people, don't come before the people dirty. Now, he's not saying you got to walk on water. He's not saying that you got to lead people and split an ocean in half. But it goes back to what Dr. Naeem Akbar says and what I, what I always talked about is consistent excellence. In fact, we shouldn't even really think about perfection per se because in a sense, perfection in itself is like death because there's, there's no room for improvement. But if you strive to be excellent, you know that there is always uh, a higher level that you can reach. Right. So like Master P says, there's no limit. g Easy said it too. Um, <laughs> yo, we've reached uh, a little past our hour mark. Mm. So I want to start wrapping things up because, you know, we know we can't teach everything in one show. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's start from the bottom and now we're here. We're going to go start with Tahid. Tahid, I keep messing your name up, bro. Sorry about that. Uh, Tahid, Fit Goddess, Minister Zumbi. I'll tap in and then Crumb, if you can leave some lasting words. Uh, we didn't get a chance to really deal with some of the F stuff that's happening in our communities, that inward stuff that we have to pull out. But I think we did have a good discussion on how we make our messiahs find they're not truly godlike, and then we destroy our messiahs. Uh, Tahid, man, last words. I was just piggyback off of what the minister was saying. Um, the biggest, the biggest room in the room is, is the room for improvement, and always trying to, I guess, improve on on that image, particularly for black men and women, is 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 the constant uh, challenge that we're faced with. The constant, what I what I'm faced with every day when I walk into the classroom, is is trying to uh, impart good knowledge, good experience, and good environment to the young people. So the next generation might not be as confused as we are when it comes to what the truth is and uh, which way to go with that path. Queen? I had to look up the words because I say it. So you may not know this about me, but I dance for an African theater company. Um, and when we close out, we always say good, better, best, never let it rest until your good is your better and your better is your best. So that's, that's my last words. Keep going. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with improvement. Like the brother said, that's the whole point in life. We have more time to get better. So get better. Zombie. Uh, and, and we use this word, uh, Brother Seku, in a previous show. 
it's a Japanese word called Kaizen. K-A-I-Z-E-N. What Kaizen is loosely translated as is consistent and never-ending improvement. And that's what drives Japanese business culture. And I think that we can take that word and apply it to our everyday lives as professionals, as well as our personal beings. So we must always remember Kaizen. Facts, facts. Brother Crumb, what say you, brother? I am your humble brother Crumb. You already know what it is, the master student. And I am just humble and honored because I am also a code keeper. Thanks for having me, brother. No doubt. About to take it out. So, code keepers, master students, we thank you for tapping in. Hopefully, this has been healthy for you. Hopefully, you're a better person now because of what you've witnessed, what you've heard, what you contributed to than you were before the show. That's our prayer. That's our mission. That's what we do. So, we just want to say, hey, contact your parents. They miss you. Eat your vegetables. Drink your water. And we love you. Peace.